Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Hustle and Heart. This is Sophie Wang. This is Chinmayi Sakari. And today we have a wonderful guest. She is a queen, both in Webb and Kelly at IU. Um, welcome to the pod, Jordan Davis. Hi, everyone. This is so exciting. I definitely don't deserve that introduction. I feel honored to be with you two queens. Yay. We're excited to have you on the pod. Okay, so let's get started with our highs and lows of the week as usual. Um, Sophie, do you want to go first? Sure. I have the exciting duo. <laughs> so for my low, all right, story time. Yesterday, I was like, at home by myself so I live with six girls it's a big ass house um which is fine I was by myself completely everyone was at like a movie marathon they were watching Twilight or something I don't know (laughs) but I was like I'm just gonna take time for myself I like pull up the great on Hulu which if you've heard of it great show 10 out of 10 I'm like doing a face mask and all of a sudden it's 10 p.m and I see something black out of the corner of my eye and I'm like oh no but I'm like, I turn, and it is a freaking bat in no. my room, circling my like my room, like literally one foot above me, like flying so fast, and I start screaming <laughs> because I'm like, why is there a bat in my house? I'm like, I don't know what to do. So freaking out I'm like screaming which is probably scaring this bat it's like getting closer and closer to me I swear I like run out of my room and I like call I call my boyfriend and then I call my roommates and I'm like get over here now like there's something freaking I used worse words than that but I was like there's a big freaking bat and I like was so scared finally my roommates and my boyfriend come over and they're like trying to help me like get this bat to the outdoors it's like 11 p.m now we're like running around with like a rake and a towel and flashlights <laughs> trying to like steer it outdoors. It is not moving. Finally, we get into the kitchen. I'm like so tired and drained. My throat is raw from screaming. And I go to use the restroom. My roommates go upstairs to grab something and we come back. The bat is nowhere to be found. Literally disappeared into existence. Like I just have no idea. So since then, the bat is like, it, it has not left, but, like, it is not seen. And I'm living with a bat! <laughs> but, um, that would be my low. <laughs> Wait, so you, like, still, to this moment, don't know where the bat is? No, I don't know where the bat is. Are any of your guys' windows open? No, none of our windows are open. Uh-huh. So, like, I know, it's very scary. But, like, also... I don't know. That's my low. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I feel like I shook both of you to the core. <laughs> I'm so scared for you. I want to like yeah, exterminator to your house. Huh? <laughs> like um, DoorDash and exterminator. Oh god, I would. I would love that. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> um. Okay. Anyways, my high yesterday. Obviously Memorial Day. Um. A couple of my friends and I went out to Lake Monroe. There's this place called Pine Grove, which if you guys haven't been to, you should. Because it's like a river that flows into the lake. And so it's really beautiful. And there are all these trees um, that are like on hills. And like we set up a hammock. We had like um, 
they had like apple cider and like and snacks and it was just like such a good vitamin d day so yes that's my high still recovering from your low sophie (laughs) (laughs) but um I, i guess i'll transition into my highs and lows um to start off with my low um i've just been on edge lately because schools ended and I obviously do not have a summer internship so I've been trying to keep myself busy with um summer classes obviously this pod and other just projects um on the side but I've just been filled with so much doubt and uncertainty about Mm. what's coming in these next few months because everything is I mean everything was still for a bit I mean everyone was home and there was a proper stay-at-home order and now that everything's been reopening at like different levels throughout the states it's filling a sense of just anxiety in me because I don't know what's coming and I don't know what's expecting now because um, people are everyone is different with their views on whatever's happening in this world right now so it's just scary Um, I'm trying to just take it one step at a time and just remind myself that we still do have to stay at home and like nothing's like picking up again like it's just I feel that energy around me right now that everything is starting to get back to like quote unquote like the old normal and I guess I'm just not ready for that yet Um, and then my high obviously Memorial Day weekend was amazing The weather here was great, even though it was super hot, like past 80 degrees, Um, but it was great. Like I've discovered some new trails around my house, Um, went on some really beautiful walks in my neighborhood. I never knew my my neighborhood could be this beautiful Um, because all the flowers are blooming again. Chicago is kind of like a late bloomer compared to like Indiana and like um, other states. So everything is starting to bloom here right now. Um, but yeah, I was just enjoying nature and like taking some walks with my mom and sister this weekend. So that was very, that was good, um, for me, but yeah. That's good. I love that. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, I love how that, I love how honest you are about, um, the fact that you're feeling anxiety because of this transition. I think that's very normal and very valid. So, um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Okay, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I definitely also appreciate your honesty. And I think that kind of goes with mine. So my low is I haven't been sleeping very well. Normally I'm out like every once in a while, I'll have to like down a bottle of NyQuil, which I don't recommend, but I do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But like normally I can sleep don't well. Do those but... drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you have to, don't try it at home. Um, but yeah, I just. I've been sleeping like the same amount of hours, like eight hours a night at least, but it takes me so long to get to that point where I can close my eyes. And I did just download TikTok. I swore it off forever, but I downloaded it and I really kind of regret it because it's actually funny. I didn't expect it to be funny, but it is. <laughs> so I think it's part of the reason I'm always on it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I scrolled for like three hours. But I think the other part yeah. of it is kind of what you touched on Chimaya is like just that looming anxiety in the back of your head you just don't know what's gonna happen and so I've tried to remember like that we're all going through it together and I think that's honestly what puts me to sleep but it 
doesn't make it any easier. So I definitely feel you on that. Hopefully things will start to turn around, but just even having the mindset of like positivity and like hopefulness, I feel like is something that eases nerves every time, at least for me. So that's amazing. And then my high is I'm practicing new forms of self-care. So I feel like that word is so vast and like, it's really hard to pinpoint. And I was always wondering like, what is self-care? Like what is self-care? But I realized like, it's self-care so it's whatever it means to you and so I'm reading again which I love I'm currently reading wild which is a classic so I'm I'm loving it and I just finished girl wash your face which really took me to places I was not expecting so good so good um just finding new music to listen to I'm really big on like playlists so like just trying to rename them funny things that make me laugh every time watching new shows so just figuring out what self-care means to me at this time in my life because it may be different in three months and that's okay so yeah that's my high and low yeah no I agree with the whole I love how you described um self-care and that's whatever it means that's the whole part of it is there's the word self in I mean I think it becomes kind of like a buzzword in society lately where it's like oh, I did XX for self-care. I did XX for self-care. And you just, it becomes another sort of expectation that you have to fulfill. It doesn't just diminishes like the whole point of it. Um, But yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like it's the way Shinny just described it is almost like in all areas of our lives, we experience, like, prescription for, like, a general population or, like, for the majority and or, like, some sort of standardized process or just result that's given to the majority. And I feel like with self-care, it's become, especially on Instagram, because I don't really have any other socials besides that. It's a lot of, like, self-care is, like, washing your face and, like, doing your nails or just, like, reading a book. And I, like, that's cool. That's great. But, like, it's not going to be that for me or for you necessarily. And I think that the way that it's presented is almost like it. this is, like, the steps that – these are the steps that you need to do in order to, like, knock self-care off your list or, like, to say that, like, you are taking care of yourself. When Jordan is so right, like – and also, Jordan, you're someone that is, like, very go, go, go and, like, driven. And I think with that, like – because there are periods of lots of like interaction with other people and like going out and about like self-care for you might just be like spending time with yourself (laughs) doing an activity that you could be doing with someone else but like you don't need to because like why not just like sit and enjoy your own presence so yeah that's what I would say there for um your high thanks girls no I totally agree and y'all are the same way so I feel like self-care at its root is just being present and I think that's something that you can find in like a bunch of avenues like y'all said so I totally agree I agree yeah I think I used to I used to have my own way of doing self-care when I was in high school I think going to college and just seeing how just everyone operates at a different level and then um just everything on social media like you said Sophie like on Instagram you see these things Mm -hmm. even like celebrity posts of them doing this like oh Oh. like night in and like I'm drinking wine I'm watching this movie and like I look really great because I'm a celebrity and like (laughs) it just it just has such a different outlook and people perceive it in a different way but 
I'm trying to go back to my roots, I guess, in high school and just do what works best for me. I mean, I listen to a lot of, like, rock, like Led Zeppelin, which is my form of self-care, which is really weird, but, like, it's what works best for me. Um, And normally, if I do tell this to people, they are like, oh my gosh, rock is like when you get super excited or you're going out for an Mm. event and stuff, but I'm like, this is what works best for me. It just reminds, it just doesn't get me as emo. I mean, it it just helps and uplifts me, and it's my form of self care. So, um, yeah. And I know you you two are really strong people. So I know that um, I don't know. It's it's good to not get lost in like whatever's happening in social media, especially TikTok, like you said, Jordan. Yes, I totally agree. I love that rock is that for you. Like that is so awesome because it's like. I don't care what everybody else says. Mm. This is what works for me. And y'all aren't even invited. So it doesn't matter what you think. Like, I love that. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> I'm actually going to try that. Like, it might not work for me, but it works for you. So that's that's dope. I love it. Thank you. I love that. Okay, so with what um, Jordan was said, you're not all invited. I feel like that's a good bridge into one of our topics of canceled culture today. Um, see what I did there? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I would say with my experience, and I talked to about this first before I even brought it up with Kate, um, on how I feel like people are canceled very quickly in society and also through accelerated through social media. But I think specifically with like relationships, that's really interesting to see play out because Sometimes, like, I have an ex, quote-unquote, but, like, I don't like even calling him that because I feel like there's a negative connotation already. And, like, in someone else's eyes, because we're no longer together, he's already canceled, Mm -hmm. which I just feel like is not fair because he's, like, a whole person with, like, so many other good qualities that, like, I wouldn't want there to be that negative connotation associated with that. So, but this can be transferred to, like, friendships, family relationships, and romantic relationships. What are your thoughts on canceled culture? Yeah, so I think the point about your ex is a great point. Just the connotation that it has, like, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's something so personal, And it's annoying when other people can put their like connotation or their perception of it on that person. It's like, you didn't have that relationship with them. You're not invited. Once again, here come people just inserting themselves. (laughs) But no, I totally agree. I think cancel culture is so interesting to me. Like so interesting because I'm a huge Beyonce fan. I think everyone in the world knows that. Who isn't? But like, I guess I'm a super fan, which is ugly, but I kind of love it. But she is, like, literally the only unproblematic celebrity I've I've ever seen. Like, literally completely. I've never seen her involved in anything. And there might be more, but just, like, ones that I see. And I'm really big on Twitter, too. And Twitter is always canceling celebrities. And it's so interesting. I don't know if y'all follow, Mm -hmm. like, Doja Cat, but she was just canceled, in quotes, um, this past week. And just, like, it's so interesting to me because, one, I feel like, and this might be a hot take, but I feel like society has honestly moved past the need for celebrities. And that's a really weird, like, thought. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I can just, like, I don't I don't really think. So my brother is, I guess, quote, unquote, a celebrity. And first of all, that is ugly to me. You will never be a celebrity. You're always my brother. And don't try to pull that <laughs> on me. But, like, 
it's just so interesting that like we put these people on such a high pedestal and have perfect Mm. expectations of them and not for ourselves but we really just we idolize them and I know I do that for Beyonce like I, I know I do and so it's just really interesting when someone messes up like they're canceled but also it's like the there's such a scale and it's like sometimes it tips one way and sometimes it tips another way so for example Justin Bieber a few years ago not even a few years ago like a 10 years ago something like that he was found singing like the n-word in one of his songs like he like made a remix of one less lonely girl and replaced girl with the n-word obviously not okay was he old enough to know what he was doing absolutely does he de- deserve to be canceled for it I don't know. It it might depend. But just the fact that like celebrities are put on this pedestal and like we expect perfection from them is ridiculous. But at the same Mm. time, you knew what you were doing. So I don't know. I'm curious to think like or to hear what you guys think about just like, do we give multiple chances? Do we, you know, is one strike, like honestly, one strike and you're out? Or is it, does it depend on the case? I don't know. I'm really trying to, you know, wrestle with that in my mind because I'm like I don't want to get canceled when I'm older celebrity or not (laughs) major I think um I don't know at least in American society I I always like the way you described it Jordan I thought of this analogy as we're still kids and the celebrities are our toys Mm. like we literally Mm. like treat them as toys and like play figures for our own entertainment and we can construct any opinions on them because we know that they're not gonna hear it but I do go on Twitter um I'm I'm huge on Twitter um and I do see a lot of comments about these people talking about celebrities like they're they're like siblings or they just know them to such a deeper level and when I do talk to some of my friends conversations just start um they just start circulating about certain celebrities like oh like do you see what XX did? Oh my God, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't really know that, but that's cool. And like, that's <laughs> usually my only take on it, except for like my favorites, like your Beyonce Jordan is like my Cole Sprouse, I would say. Worship him, love him. <laughs> love, um, him. Yeah. love Cole Sprouse. <laughs> but I, I play the role of an observer I would say in his life still I'm not the type of person who whatever he does I'm like oh my god Cole Sprouse dyed his hair black who does he think he is but like <laughs> it's it's to just observe and be like okay cool this is a new look for him um but I think what makes it so black and white and so this way or that way is the fact that we can construct any opinion on them we are not going to get chastised for it and we can do whatever we want. There's no sense of um, accountability when it comes to going on social media and talking about these things and hurting these celebrities' feelings and giving them their opinions. What do you think, Sophie? Yeah, I think both of you just brought up some really interesting points. I'm starting to think of how how much we decide um, to tap into the reality of, like, present life and like our surroundings and like our relationships and how much we choose to tap into like investing in someone else's life and relationships that like we directly don't touch which I think is really interesting and it makes me think of like 
the the recent thing which maybe you guys have heard of like Adele's like weight loss mm-hmm. information that sort of thing and it's very layered in my opinion I I think there's some people who are straight up like yes queen like you look so good like commenting on her appearance and um champion for her in that way and then there's some people who are like why did she decide to do this like she was already beautiful like things and then but then there's also this layer of like why are we even commenting and being so hyper aware of someone's appearance when like Adele is like an artist and like that is where her like talent lies and that's I don't want to say that's where her worth lies but like that should be like greater than her body size should be greater than her appearance and should be greater than like a celebrity status in my opinion so it's just very interesting um about I just like think with celebrities because for me at least like I am not on Twitter or anything but um it is very easy to like tap into that because it you know it's like if I don't have anything interesting in my life or like I want tea then like why not tap into someone else's I'll just leave it at that totally I totally agree and that just brings up well, it reminds me. So I don't know if either of you are familiar with the um, Jubilee on YouTube. Okay. They're, yes. uh, they have a series, Middle Ground. Wow. It, it is, is amazing. I just quarantined. So that's one good thing. Um, and they were, t- I watched like a million episodes. So basically, if you're not familiar with it, they basically take like a controversial topic and they bring people, three people from each side of the topic. So there was one, um, like literally a simple one democrats republicans that obviously was super interesting so they just do like they have a yeah. bunch like i would totally recommend you can get lost in that youtube for hours but there was one <laughs> on cancel culture and i watched go and i was amazed because there's so much depth to it like you were saying sophie well, both of you were saying mm-hmm. and i know one point they kept bringing up they were like the problem the anti-cancel culture people are basically saying like the problem they have with the whole concept is it feels like a mass cancellation like everyone so someone is deciding for me or for that person that x celebrity Mm -hmm. or x whoever is canceled and it really had me thinking because i really don't know what side i lay on i think the intentions of cancel culture honestly started off as like activism so like we just want to get our like make our voice heard which is you know i'm i have no problem with activism i like to consider myself an activist but i think like most things Mm -hmm. it's just yeah it just went way too far and so like if we take like r kelly if both of y'all are familiar with him and like what happened okay yeah and i don't know who hasn't heard about r kelly right now but it's like he was hurting these young children young children like young girls like how could you not want to cancel him, you know? And so in that case, I'm like, I want a mass Mm -hmm. cancellation. And they brought that up and someone was like, well, even though I don't agree with him, I want to have like the option to make a decision for myself on him. I was like, oh, I guess it's fair because we all want our own decision. But it makes me think like what you were saying with Adele is like, not that it was like a cancellation in a way, but just like, why does a certain group of people or why does one person get to decide you know what's right or what's wrong to comment on for the rest of the group now I'm totally mm. in the same lane as you Sophie I think it was totally whack that people were you know just doing the most but in the same way I'm like I don't know should <laughs> should we get the opportunity to make our own decision or for some cases should it be just like a mass thing 
this makes me think about um this is so weird but when I first when Sophie first introduced um canceled culture to me I immediately thought about the Kardashians Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. there's just there's (laughs) so many different um controversies over the Kardashians (laughs) people I see people from all walks of life either I have some friends who just love the Kardashians they love Kim um love what she does um with whatever she's doing with uh those exonerated in prison right now um and the work that she's doing but then there's also those who are like I hate the Kardashians I hate what they stand for I don't respect them Mm -hmm. in any type of way um and it just makes me think like what where where do I form my opinion where do I get the facts because there's what are the facts like where do we see these things because everything is so subjective because of the media Mm. because of where we see things like this makes me think about when I I know I don't know if you're aware of this Sophie but do you know Charlie D'Amelio from TikToks yes (laughs) Yes. I have um I just I was on Snapchat the other day and I like swiped right where like there's all the news things for Snapchat and one of them was like oh my gosh what did Charlie like Charlie D'Amelio comments about her like weight or something like that because Mm. fans Mm. have been commenting on her TikToks about her gaining weight and she was just not happy about it and it makes me feel so bad because she's what like 15 16 years old like yeah I'm just she's just someone trying to put her talent out there because she's an amazing dancer at least I think um and what she does I'm just in awe of it but I don't really do the thing where I'm commenting like I love this dance of yours or like the next dance I'm like "Mm, not so good like I'm just I'm just still (laughs) processing like when does it stop or like when like you said Jordan like when does it get like when should we be like okay this is wrong and then when should we just be like okay we should not have any right to comment on these Mm -hmm. things yeah yeah that's I feel like honestly like the way that we're kind of shifting this conversation reminds me of almost how like the rise in cyberbullying or like this is a darker (laughs) turn but the rise in cyberbullying and harassment um can occur like through technology in various ways and I feel like the same way that you could criticize a celebrity like this you could do the exact same thing to like someone in your neighborhood or someone at your school or you know you could do a mass cancellation with like having group chats with someone and then having a separate group chat without one person because and then talking shit about that one person it's it's very like layered and just crazy um I was gonna say something about yeah so like with one of the jubilee episodes because I I just love that I remember there was one that was like I think it was like um black Americans like versus it was it was all African Americans but then it was yes I do is it Jordan do you know what you're talking about I don't want to mess this up that is yes please as soon as we finish you need to go watch it and text me your opinion because that is wild Yes. Yeah. How do you feel like, how did you feel about that episode? And also with like the current situations of what's been happening, like in yeah, the United so States. Basically for context, they brought three like black conservatives. So like one, there was one woman straight up dressed in like a Trump flag. Like that was like her outfit. 
and then they brought mm-hmm. three black democrats and basically they give them like several prompts so like i knew i was going to laugh out loud when the first prompt was um should we get over slavery and people were stepping forward and saying yes yeah. i was like wait no like i had to pause it several times but i fun fact i actually sent that to kelly Eskew. i was like you need to watch this this is so crazy yeah but um I have several opinions on that so one thing I try to like work on all the time is seeing both sides of the situation so like like all of us we can be very opinionated but I I feel like especially in today's climate like you have to be willing to listen to the other side or often it's more than two sides so multiple sides um and I was very disheartened after watching that episode because Mm. the black conservatives were it was just such a level of disrespect that I was actually stunned so like for example um the woman in the Trump flag was talking about how um she was calling the LGBTQ plus community like a million names like rude names saying we should get over slavery stuff like that and I just I get so disheartened mm-hmm. because it's like as a member of the black community and I take so much pride in that it's so hurtful to watch your own turn on you like that and especially mm. to stand up for such bigotry and hatred um, and not even just like the side she was on just like her values she was stating it was so discouraging um, and kind of someone brought it up was like this is crazy. Like if we don't have each other, like what do we have, you know? And kind of like Sophie touched on, Mm. there's a lot going on right now um, with police brutality. I just feel like history just repeats itself. And I've only been on this earth for 19 years, but I've, I can tell that it's repeating itself. And, you know, you have Sean Reed in Indianapolis, Ahmaud Arbery um, in Georgia. Like it goes on and on. Um, Brianna, Tayu, I forget her last name. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry about that. But just like so much is happening and it's so hurtful to watch. And, you know, you kind of see like there's a long historic kind of feud between law enforcement and Black people. And um, I think both sides make legitimate cases. But as a member of the Black community, it's like you want everyone in the Black community to support you and stand with you but it's not realistic. So I don't know. I just found it very discouraging. Um, I don't know. I think it Mm -hmm. also allowed me to like be proud of who I do have as like a supporter and like who we do have in our community that will stand up for what's right. But it's also like, I don't know. So this is going to seem very tangential, but like tokenism is like a huge thing, obviously. (laughs) Horribly. And I think when... For example, when um, maybe a group of white people are team law enforcement and they're um, against Black Lives Matter and all that stuff, and they have that one Black friend who is also on their side, they use that to their advantage. And this is totally generalization using Mm -hmm. white specific scenario, but like they'll use that to their advantage. Well, we have this black friend and say Mm -hmm. it's me. Well, Jordan says that it's okay. So, and she represents the black community. So it's right. And that's so disheartening. Mm -hmm. 
She represents exactly. the entire black exactly. community, I apparently. All of them. And so it's so, it just literally makes my blood boil. And I'm sure y'all might have experienced that on a certain scale too. But that's just kind of how I felt about that. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Yeah. You talk about tokenism and I think about my experiences in high school because I was, I think I was, I was the only Indian in my grade doing mm. theater. And within the theater group, I was there was only another Indian girl who was doing theater. Um, and we were kind of used as this, oh, like, we are, like, it was predominantly, like, Caucasian people doing theater in my school. And it was mm-hmm. for those groups. So it was kind of like a culture shock for me entering mm-hmm. that world, um, doing the shows and, like, just, like, the productions and, like, the people behind the productions. And I just felt so misunderstood because it was like oh there's this Indian girl doing theater um we have one of their like one of the Indian girl like we have an Asian person mm-hmm. we have this we have this like right the that's diversity all yeah. The boxes. Like, yeah yeah <laughs> I, was, I I just at the time I didn't know that it was I I could feel it mm. instinctively but I didn't know what it was because I was so young um but it's just crazy to me because it still happens. And um, I was going to say something, but I totally forgot. I was, I was going to say something about there's, there's been so much controversy, controversy about um, whatever's been happening. Do you guys know about what's happening in Kashmir I right don't. now? Um, and mm-hmm. yeah. So last August, there was this, the way I feel like people react to, celebrities here is the way people react to like politicians and leaders in India and it's so Mm. divided there um and I hear it all the time in the communities here um and I don't know it's it creates such a divide between those who are in those certain parties those who are of the Hindu religion or the Muslim religion and it just creates a stronger divide and a stronger sense of resentment towards the other person instead of focusing on okay what is the issue in the end we're all Mm. Indians and we're all in the same nationality we're all affected the same way like it just Mm -hmm. it's concerning and it makes it makes me really sad whenever I do visit back home because I see that divide even stronger um every single year I do visit yeah that's interesting I I I feel like it's interesting because we have three different like backgrounds it. and we can talk from like, ver- you know, various, which is really cool. Um, I will say as an East Asian American, as a Chinese American, um, like I think that I have more privilege in some ways because of my race um, and kind of how East Asians are viewed in society, Western society. Um, so when I was like, I was the only um, person of color in like my group at the Jacobs school doing ballet for 14 years, basically. Um, And I never felt like out of place or anything like that. Um, But what I did feel, especially now as I'm older is a lack of cohesiveness within the East Asian community, which I feel like I see in the Desi community and I see in the black community, which is really cool in a lot of ways um because everyone is like wants to be more tightly connected and wants to be like more community-esque and lift each other up because perhaps there's more tension with like other outside groups 
Um, whereas I feel like for me, like I've quote unquote assimilated like maybe more easily or like quicker with like the majority like Caucasian culture because like I wasn't, I was like more privileged in that way or seen as more similar to them. But then I feel a lack of community within my own East Asian community. And I wish that that was more cohesive and more collaborative, like um, I see with like the black community and the Desi community. So that's just something that that's really into interesting my head. too, yeah. because I, the cohesiveness that you talked about is so important, especially when it feels like you're against the world (laughs) and I've often felt that way especially recently Mm -hmm. um and when I was in high school similar to Chen Mai I definitely felt like the token I also was in theater and I felt like the token there and just my high school was very it just didn't look like me and I actually felt excluded from the black community in that way to be honest because something you hear a lot is like not really from the black community at all but um like my white peers would say like well you don't sound like a black girl or like you don't talk like one or you don't act like one like what is that supposed to mean and you Mm -hmm. always have to answer that with well what is that yeah and they're like what yeah yeah yeah." okay Mm -hmm. but um I just it wasn't until I came to college that I really felt a part of that community of my community and I just think it's so interesting it's like I don't think black people like try to exclude me I just I felt too black for the white community and too white for the black community yeah yeah and it was it was so hard it was so hard to like find that balance and now I I know I can feel accepted and like I don't I don't I'm not blaming the black community at all I just think it's really interesting how like we can all not feel that sense of cohesion you know within our own communities Mm -hmm. oh yeah I think doing theater was definitely out of the box and out of the ordinary for the brown community so I had a lot of Indian friends growing up, and when I shifted away and decided to do theater, suddenly, from my Indian friends, my parents weren't mm. Indian enough, or, like, they, they weren't as Indian with, like, mm-hmm. their parenting, or, like, how do your like, parents allow you to do this, or, like, go to cast parties so late, or do all these things, like, you're not an Indian, and I was just, like, shocked, because I was like, I'm just trying right. to do a hobby. <laughs> um it shouldn't yeah it shouldn't create such a social divide um and it just coming back to the whole canceled culture like if you're not in those boxes and if you're not doing something that other people perceive to be normal then you're canceled and like we've all felt canceled in our own ways like that that was such a good circle around (laughs) okay well I guess I will as we start to wrap up just throw a question out there because I think this is really cool that we have these different perspectives going in this conversation flowing but what is something as an ally of a different group I guess can be for the group that you're a part of and how can we continue to elevate and support one one another even though we don't exactly understand or know what the experience of living in xyz shoes are question what a great question and you know what we're all we're all people like I consider myself <laughs> very very outspoken like to a point where it's kind of disgusting and like we all have our issues within our own communities but I think 
we're respected enough and we are bold enough to speak out for other communities too. So that's a great um, question. I guess I can start it off. I think mm. the best way to help, I mean, there's a million things we all could do for each other, but I think one of the best ways for the black community to be helped right now is as an ally. And I kind of got on a couple of my um, white friends just recently. Cause I was like, you speak out about everything else. Why don't I hear you speaking out about this? And I'm not saying mm. you need to post, you know, justice for this person every time a post, whatever. But I need you to, what I want from allies is for them to acknowledge their privilege to an extent where they're going to speak out and correct their, their friends who also might have that privilege. So like for your friend who's in a frat, I need Mm. you to acknowledge, like I was telling him, I was like, I need you to acknowledge your privilege and correct your, your frat brothers when you hear them saying the N word, when you hear them saying, well, my dad's a cop and he's not doing this, you know, whatever. I need you to correct them because they're going to take it. Honestly, let's just face the facts. They're going to take it better from you than they are from me. If I say something, I'm not angry black woman, whatever. If you say something, you're just, you know, being one of the bros, whatever. So I would just say, as long as you can, and I know both of you do this, but we all are privileged in a certain sense. I have more privilege than both of you in some situations. And so just acknowledging that, and leveraging it as a point of activism, I think is just like so special and will just help us so much. So I appreciate both of you though, even for like talking about this so openly, like I feel like that's a great step. So, yeah. Yeah. Jen, what do you, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I obviously agree with Jordan calling out on different platforms um in different communities where that you're not a part of and that makes me mm-hmm. think of empathy because even though you're not going through the same struggles try to understand from s- other people's perspectives because this just makes me think of politics when people choose to side with certain communities and certain groups because it benefits them but if we just think a little bit outside of our own world Mm. and see what will benefit others as well um, and make decisions based off of that because I've been learning a lot from different classes how just world events like even the access to water is just so bad in certain countries and how companies are just exploiting off of these different countries and calling out on different issues that you're not aware of or just trying to understand it trying to put yourself in their shoes and see what they might be going through and just doing something that helps I think we should all be aware of that and we should try to just make efforts outside of our own comfort zones because it's hard like I understand because at first it's kind of like why should I be doing Mm -hmm. this if it's not benefiting me but if we all think that way we're only going to create like a stronger divide and it's not going to get anywhere totally so yeah yeah totally I agree with both of those. Um, I guess for me, like two parts, like one as a Chinese American, I think it's really important to just let people know that like there is a rise in hate crimes currently against like Asian Americans and like the term the Chinese virus is like very dangerous and like just, you know, there's always been racism towards 
this group but like it's just heightened now because of the pandemic and like that is a reality and like we need to like be aware of like our messaging how we communicate and talk about the things surrounding that because I just don't like no one wants to see any hate mm-hmm. rise in any group for anyone um the second thing I think is just basically tying in both of what you said for me I learned best um, not necessarily through the news or through social media or through like a pamphlet or an educational class, but I learned the best when I'm talking to like a person and I'm like hanging out with someone or I'm just like striking up a conversation with someone who I don't know. And like, uh, we're able to just, because I'm open-minded, I'm willing to talk about things that like might make me slightly uncomfortable or just like I have no experience talking on at least I can listen and at least I can have a conversation with someone which hopefully I can like take away something I think the exposure real human connection and exposure is like the best way for me to feel like I'm more connected and I'm more aware of what's happening in the world and also to feel like I can bring out the empathy that like you know I can't necessarily give out online or it isn't shown in a way that I want it to be so that's, that's what I, I know oh I just didn't give you all big hugs I know that conversation felt like a hug though that felt like a virtual hug conversation that's true Jen you want to go ahead and wrap us up yes well this is a (laughs) this is a great conversation thank you Jordan for joining us thanks for having me um I loved talking about, yeah, I loved where this conversation took us. I mean, we, we don't know what we have in us um, and the power with talking and learning from someone else directly versus just getting it from media or whatever, like, I feel like it's very crucial during this time. So yeah, thank you, Jordan. Um, Well, we'll see you guys. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Um, Stay safe and healthy. And... (laughs) I don't know. Yes. Call people out. <laughs> Moral of story, call people out. <laughs> she ends with she ends with I don't know. <laughs> call people out. <laughs> Alright. Well, we love you all so much. Thank you, Jordan, for your time, <laughs> energy, grace, drive, charisma. Thank you, Chin, amazing. for being an amazing closer. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> we'll all see you next week. Bye! Bye everyone.